0: What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unpolished Therapy. This is Rachel Silver-Cohen with the one and only D.B. That's my new oh, nickname Oh, that's for my her. new nickname. I love that. Dr. Book, I'm a big nickname person. You know that. So yes. what's up, D.B.? I'm doing well. I
2: love this nickname. I love having nicknames. It's been a long time. I have some good ones, but I like this yeah. one.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, nicknames are always terms of endearment. So I'm happy to anoint you Thank with you. the nickname D.B. So to the listeners out there, I want to just kind of right out of the gate, put a blanket statement. As you know, we launch these weekly podcasts, typically Wednesday mornings. And while this one is being dropped on Wednesday, we did record this several days ago. We recorded it Sunday afternoon of this week. Just as an addendum, I just want to put that out there because I went down to Surfside mm. in Florida mm-hmm. and I just kind of thought it was important that Dr. Broken and I talk about it. But I want to just from a time perspective, a lot of our topics, we try to stay on task, on point, what's relevant for the current minute, hour, day, but we're not a media outlet. So <laughs> we, we, we sometimes <laughs> miss the mark on that. And I just want to say that from the time we are doing this recording now to the time that it is out on on any of your podcast platforms. While we certainly are keeping our fingers crossed that things are only going to get Better. I don't want to, you know what I mean, Dr. Boca. I, I don't yeah, know I think if we're going to mark a little. Yeah. I think I'm like a time thing because yeah, fingers I think, are crossed that we are still holding out lots of hope.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the important part is what is relevant today and what we're working on and the data that we're coming off of today. It might be very different, hopefully for the better, of course, but with the understanding that it may not be come Wednesday. So people might be listening to this on Wednesday or you guys might be listening to this right now and being like, well, that's. It's not what the news said. And so we just want to be mindful of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And of course, it goes without question that we want to be mindful and as sensitive as we possibly can be. There's really no unpolishedness that's allowed, per se, no. when you're in the midst of a real life, unbelievable tragedy. And it is gutting and harrowing and heart-wrenching that something like this could happen on not only so close to home, literally for you and I, DB, because it's, you know, Surfside is is 45 minutes away. But just in general, in the United States of America, That that's Mm -hmm. really, I think, what has just been so eye-opening to so many people when they turn on the news that this is hitting the national media because this doesn't happen here. Our, right? our
2: building codes and our structures should be more stable than yeah. this. If you look at these pictures of side and you're like, oh my God, this looks like it could be Iraq or Iran and this, the structural components, we don't have structure like that here. We're up to code on hurricanes. America is known to be a little bit more structurally sound than that. So you sit here and you're saying, how is that 45 minutes away? And by the way, for people who have not been to Surfside, I mean, there's some amazing things down there. There's beautiful communities and there's beautiful hotels down there and really
1: like a lively presence. And this is just like stopped everything on a dime. So... Absolutely. So if you'll allow me to kind of walk you through kind of what happened this morning. So to kind of give you a a visual... I'm obviously I'm not a, I'm not a newscaster, but I want to try to paint a little bit of a picture for you. So I went down Sunday morning with my friend Amy. Big shout out to Dr. Amy Schreiben, who is one of my twin flame friends. When we always talk about that, I do these creative projects and I have my hands in a lot of different hats. She's a hat that I have my hand in and we work on some creative projects together and we enjoy each other's company and she has her doctorate in nursing practice practice. and she has seen it all. Front lines, back lines, middle lines, etc. And so the other day, I saw that she had posted on Facebook something along the lines of, how can I help? What can I do? Can I volunteer? So I had texted her and I said, wow, did you go down to Surfside? And she said, well, no. Her husband was concerned that maybe the air quality was going to be awful and he was concerned about her lungs. Not that she's an old lady because she ain't, but nevertheless, that was a concern. But She and I, kind of being these Virgo risk takers, we have the same birthday, which is one of the things that we bonded over. Yeah. We said, well, what do you say? Like, let's go. And I kind of feel like a little like, you know that I'm a ghoul. Mm -hmm. And it was like, do I want to dip my toe into the ghoul hat here? Which. I'm being honest, yes, a little, but a lot was more if I can help in any way, let's do that. And if I have a pal to head down there with, I am in, sign me up. I will drive, be ready. And that's exactly what happened. So we drove down this past Sunday morning. And the weird thing is, Dr. Boca, first of all, there wasn't a soul to be had on the road. Okay. We shot all the way down. I actually, in full disclosure, I overshot the drive and we went even farther south. But as everything happens for a reason, it was the best mistake on the drive because we wouldn't have been able to get as close as we got and do wow. what we did if we went from the north. So we kind of circled around and came up from the south, got off at Miami Beach, and then drove up Collins Avenue. And even for those of you who know the Miami Beach area and the Surfside area, which Surfside abuts Bell Harbor. Bell Mm -hmm. Harbor is just to the north of Surfside, but just south of Surfside is the heart of Miami Beach. Yeah. Okay. So we drive up from Miami Beach, even down from South Beach, which is even farther south than Miami Beach. But nevertheless, we drive up Collins Avenue and there's no one on the road. Really? Nobody, that, no must be,
2: that must be really eerie because that place is always happening.
1: Always hustling and bustling. Now, it was at the crack of dawn on a Sunday morning, but I truly do believe that no one was on the road due to the tragedy in Surfside, number one. But we shot right up and that was a concern mine, are we going to be in bumper to bumper? And who are we? And will the traffic be out of control? And will every single road from a 20-mile radius from every direction be blocked off? So the answer was no, not from every direction. And yes, the road was blocked off, but certainly not 20-mile radiuses all around. Okay, a couple blocks here, a couple blocks there give them a little pat of butter and you're good to go. So anyway, and and I hate to joke, but I do think that that is part of like the nervous energy of absolutely in a tragic situation. You have to try to just lighten it up a little bit. We're not diminishing or undermining the event at hand, but just maybe the coping mechanisms, Dr. Boca.
2: We all use our own coping mechanisms and humor is definitely one of them. And for some people, it's exactly what they need in that moment, not only for themselves, but for the people that are listening.
1: Okay, so thank you for that, Grace. So we make our way down, and the building is 88th and Collins, right? I was able to park the car on 89th and wow. yeah, 89th and Byron. I think Byron Street was the name of the street, which was just, I would say, probably three or four blocks west. Okay. So wow. that's right there. I mean, mm-hmm. that's less than a New York City block, right? Yep. Which leads me to my segue in on the news. A lot of the news reporters were trying to make comparisons mm-hmm. to 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. This was not 9-11. And I, again, I am not, by any stretch of the imagination taking away the tragic nature of what happens in Surfside. Please, if there's anything we get out of this podcast, I want to convey that. Okay. And I Um, hear
2: that. I think what you're trying to say is you had a bird's eye view of this by being there. And you're really trying to paint the reality of what it looked like because we do get the the news. And so you're trying to be as realistic as possible.
1: Yeah. And the news for whatever it's worth, regardless of what channel, there is some sensationalism, mm -hmm. right? Okay. But a 13 story building versus two 100 plus towers in the biggest, most hustle and bustle metropolitan city in the world, where Terror was involved. Let's just kind of tack that on too. Okay. Tragedy, 100%, yes, we can compare. But everything else, I don't know. That was something that I felt a little awkward about now after kind of seeing what was happening. So that's number one. And again, I don't want to diminish anything. I just don't know comparison wise. The only thing maybe you can compare is that the building collapsed.
2: Well, and I think the other thing that I heard, and I heard this early on, is the fear of the toxins from the building and the rubble of the building was made a comparison to nine eleven. I have not been hearing a lot of comparisons to nine eleven, other than the fact that a building, like you said, a building collapsed and the loss of any life compounded by something that is out of our control is a tragedy. And I just saw just a couple of minutes ago that if things stay as they are now, it is likely going to be the biggest loss in Florida that has ever been. So I do understand the magnitude of this and the severity of this, especially as Floridians. Um, So I don't hear you diminishing it, but I hear you making the comparison of saying, you know, the amount of people and the amount of structural damage and the amount of smoke and the impact that it made in the middle of a metropolitan city is not the exact correlation to what happened in Miami. Yeah.
1: Well, and I want to just tell you too, when we were driving down, As we were getting a little bit closer on the main highways, 95, right? So, and Surfside, again, for those of you who are not familiar with the area, Surfside is literally Surfside. It's on the ocean, (laughs) right? 95 or the Turnpike is much farther west. But nevertheless, as we're driving down and thinking from what we do see and read on television and all of the media outlets, in my head, visually, I'm thinking that, you know, and we had heard there were fires and Mm -hmm. the the rain made things worse, but that there's smoke and so on and so forth. So as we're getting closer, I do see these big clouds ahead. And in my rear view mirror, there's sunshine and way beyond this little cloud of smoke is sunshine. So now I turn to Amy and I say, Oh my God, Amy, that's it. Okay. So now fast forward. And again, the chuckle in my voice is that kind of nervous energy. That was not it. Okay. No. That, was, that was exactly what it was. It was a cloud. I thought I would be like <laughs> coughing and triple masked, which of course you know, I had my mask on and so on and so forth, thinking that it would just be a scene from you fill in the blank, just the apocalypse of all apocalypses. But I don't know what I thought I was walking into, but that was kind of the assumption I was making. So being a one block over and three blocks down, I didn't have any remnants of a smell or anything like that. Now, it was very quiet. There was Mm -hmm. police and fire rescue everywhere, Red Cross truck after truck after truck after truck after truck. And there was something amazing about seeing the outpour of these authority-type vehicles and Mm -hmm. how many people come along with those authority-like vehicles, right? And, And this rescue mission that was happening... So we had stopped first, and you know, they do stop you, they being the police and the fire and whoever's patrolling, and so on. But we said, and Again, my friend Amy, her credentials are as legit as they get. Mine are as unpolished as they get. But I was going along with it and I was there to pitch in and help and be a volunteer. And so Amy took the lead on, hey, we're nurses and we came down from Boca del Rey and it's our day off and we're just here to help. Is there anything we can do? That was received with such appreciation. Oh, good. I'm so okay. happy to hear that. Such appreciation. Oh wow, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. However, and here is kind of like my unpolished because I I want to keep it real, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the appreciation that was so well received was coupled with this. How do I say this, Doctor Boca? Lack of urgency. Mm-hmm. I, okay, like oh, okay. Th- thank you so much. Let me ask.
2: Like they don't know what to do. They, with they just you. don't know they don't what know. to do. Right? They don't know. Right.
1: But. Kind and gracious and willing to have a conversation. It didn't feel like that Northern New York City. Everyone's got a task and a role, and here's where you need to go and get on that line and do this and accept. It was much more lackadaisical. Now, in defense of every single person who has risked their life to try to help here, the collapse happened several mornings ago in right. the middle of the night. It's now Sunday morning, and maybe they're already a well oiled machine. So two people coming down wanting to pitch in on a Sunday morning. I mean, maybe like we got it. I don't know. I'm sure
2: there have been many of you in so many, so many, I was going to say like threefold and fourfold, but like a million times more than that fold that have come and and volunteered or at least asked what they can do. And I, I know from just as a psychologist, I got notification asking if any of us could come down there and help out and provide services. And I was leaning towards doing it, except that we have a health issue in my family that I needed to attend to. And I'm going to not be available in the coming weeks. So I didn't think it was professional of me, but I know some of my colleagues that are asked to do it and are doing it. So I love the fact that we as a community have pulled together and are providing resources all over the map, but I'm sure they have been inundated with kind and compassionate and caring, resourceful credentialed people. So that's probably what you were seeing.
1: Yeah, probably. But the positive of that is that at every turn, as we were getting closer and closer, they were still gracious and kind and willing to listen and even to take a minute to say, I don't know, but let me ask. Whoever they were asking on their radio, I have no idea. Then they would come back to us and they'd give us a little tidbit. You could go here or the Red Cross is set up three blocks up. Why don't you go there and ask? There was a church right on the corner on Mm -hmm. 88th and this Byron Street uh, or Avenue, I don't remember. So we went into the church and they were so appreciative. I mean, I cannot tell you the outpouring of thank you so much, but we don't know either. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we just kept going. And we kept going and we kind of chipped away. And we were. I, and I, then I said, well, what about the reunification center? Okay. Where is that? And where are the people who are waiting on work? I mean, we knew that they weren't going to let us into the rubble. Okay. We weren't going to put a hard hat on. We knew that wasn't happening. Right. But Dr. Shryman, Amy, she kind of thought that maybe she could lend a hand more to the family members, Mm -hmm. right? To the people who are hemming and hawing and in a complete state of panic and she could lend some support in Mm -hmm. that arena. And I'm thinking, yeah, like if it were me, God forbid a million times... If I'm having an absolute panic attack and I can't catch my breath and now I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack, if there's a nurse there who's kind and compassionate and can say, all right, relax, you're having a panic attack, you're not having a heart attack. And, Correct. and you know it, things like that. And I know it seems so simple-minded, but that was really our big plan of just, we just, it's so hard to be only 40 miles away or whatever we are, 50 miles away and to feel like all you want to do is help And you feel helpless.
2: You feel, I was going to say, you feel helpless in these moments. It's the same thing when Douglas was going on. We all felt helpless. All we wanted to do was walk over there, drive over there. And that's only 15 minutes away, right? Sure. And we all felt that way. And we all, we all came together as a community and did the things that we could do in those moments. I just want to interrupt you for one second. You said, I'm assuming that they have some order to this. And I did receive, um, an email from the, my, the greater Miami Jewish Federation. And I was very impressed with all that they have already put into action, including available clergy. They've started up a donation fund that all 100% proceeds are going to the families of those that have been affected. They have also um, put together a phone number for anybody who needs housing or anyone who needs support through the transition, both short-term and long-term. And they've already gotten that out to the community. So I do think it's a pretty well oiled machine at least from the pieces of information that I'm seeing.
1: Well, that's positive to hear. In our journey, we stumbled upon a live broadcast. The mayor of Surfside, mm-hmm. I think is Charles, Charles Burkett, um, is his name. And so he was giving a press conference and someone came up to us and said, are you in the press? So I'm thinking to myself, well, I've already lied that I'm a nurse. <laughs> I mean, we're already going to hell. But sure. at that point, and my story at this point, because we had been stopped several times, and I have to just tell you a shout out to the police force, again, in fire rescue. In Surfside, there were Fort Lauderdale cops down there. A whole battery, all different cities. You see emblems from everywhere. They were all so handsome, I have so to So handsome, you. right? So handsome. And, and, and Israel just sent over Israel their came, in. And yeah. oh
2: my goodness. But yes, cute. I mean, all the yeah. time. I mean, I think it's a... Is that a
1: prerequisite? I was just going to say, I was like thinking, what's the word? It's not credential, but I think it's a prerequisite. Well, because they were so nice to us and they were not chewing us away. Again, it was a weird scenario. Like there was no one around. So you had this firsthand interaction with people who were participating in keeping everyone else safe and keeping this wheel, as you say, oiled so smoothly. But because we had these interactions with so many people in uniform, I felt as though my story was getting better and better at each corner. Oh my God, we came from Boca Del Rey and it is our day off, but we just didn't feel like we could sit still and we're here to help and what can we do and etc, etc. So when this lady came up to me and, and we said, what's going on here? And they said, oh, it's the mayor of Surfside and they're having a live press conference. Are you in the press? I, you know, again, that permigran I have, like this was, there was, no one was smiling. There's no, no, we're, we're not doing jokes here, right? Which incidentally, I had said to my friend Amy, when she said we should go, I said, well, Amy, listen, I, I'm here to help. And you know me, I'm Ali Sheedy. I have nothing else to do anyway. I said, you are a nurse. I mean, you could get down and dirty and you could treat the patient. I can't exactly like tell jokes. I mean, what am I, do- what am I doing? But again, I said, you know what? My intentions are great. And yes, I'm in, let's go and whatever. So we get down there and this woman says, are you in the press? And I paused for a minute, but I, I had no tag or badge or whatever. So I didn't lie about being in the press. I just kept up with the lie about that I was a nurse and I just, well, well, we're nurses and we were here to help, but can we listen? And she said, absolutely, not a problem at all. So we did listen in. And what I do want to say on a serious note is that the mayor of Surfside, Charles Burkett, he, he had so much hope and Mm -hmm. resilience. And at this stage of the game, and again, I'm, you know, I don't know time-wise where we'll be come midweek here, but this absolutely under no uncertain circumstances was this recovery. This was rescue. Yeah, we're still rescue. They still have hope. They want the positive energy. They are so grateful and appreciative for all of the droves of help that have come down and the people who truly have risked their lives without a question. I mean, they are just diving in there, even unknowingly, what could happen. And at the time of the press conference, they did say, Dr. Boca, that they were not sure if the other part of the building or the even the surrounding building was going to collapse. And these men and women truly are heroes. So that's number one that I do want to say, because hope is everything. And we always talk about believing and having faith. And listen, a little bit of luck goes a long way in a situation like this. So I'm still holding out hope. And it felt so good to hear that. And we were marveling in that. The other piece, as you spoke to Jewish Federation and some of the local foundations down here. So in the press conference, also Dr. Boca, Orlando Bravo, who is the founder of the Bravo Foundation, they partner with entrepreneurs and nonprofit organizations, universities, grassroots groups, etc. And their outreach, they want to help communities and people that are understaffed or undernourished or underfunded, etc., to try to strengthen the community and steer them in the right direction to expand band whatever they may need. This began as he spoke of in the press conference. So eloquently, he's from Puerto Rico and the foundation was formed after... Hurricane Maria. I think that was back in 2017. And they needed to help the community. Since then, it just so happens that Orlando and his family, they live in Miami. So this was something that was so near and dear. Even after everything that happened in Puerto Rico, he had said, how do we not help support here? So what he, again, as of Sunday morning, I don't know where we stand now, but he had spoke after one of the head honchos from the Miami Heat was down there speaking. And they had set up all of their lines to do whatever they possibly could do. And and as of this morning, they had raised $750,000 for the victims and the families and and whatever these people needed from this tragedy. So the, the Bravo organization, they wanted to make sure that that number got up to a million. So the oh, foundation donated about 250 plus whatever. And that was wonderful. So that was sort of a, a breath of wonderful news that the media wanted to kind of take in and absorb. And we were excited to kind of hear that.
2: Yeah, I, I've got to imagine. I mean, that that is incredible. And I love when the communities pull together and that number is going to go up in multitudes as people like us who are feeling helpless, are going to keep making donations. And what's so interesting about the community down there is it is a diverse community. You know, one of the families was from New Jersey. There's a a lot that were from Miami. There's a lot from Puerto Rico that were affected by this. So it does become a big collective experience. You also have the Jewish community that was affected, the non-Jewish community that was affected. It's going to be One where you really see all the goodness in the communities come together and where people are just going to be kind, right? Because this could have happened to anyone. And that's what we have to remember is it's a universal experience of vulnerability and the existential experiences of loss and trauma that happens to us. And So I think we can all relate to it. One of the other things that I saw the Greater Miami Jewish Federation also was assisting in was if any of the families did need some funeral arrangements and hopefully, you know, knock on wood a million times, we don't have to go over the, you know, the five that are as of Sunday. um, But to know that that resource is there is helpful to the families, I'm sure. So I give shout outs and kudos to all of the agencies, Red Cross and Orlando, Bravo, and all of the foundations and the not-for-profits and federations and JCCs and the communities that are really just coming together and rallying to help these families and these victims. So, yeah.
1: so we had kind of made our way north. They changed where the reunification center was. It was like on the street corner practically. But they've moved those families up a couple blocks. And now we're around 93rd, 94th Street. One of the hotels opened up their doors, welcomed all the families in, and that's where they're staying. And apparently, there's a ton of bereavement happening there and all of the support that Dr. Schreiben was attempting from the goodness of her heart to provide lots of officers out there that we spoke with. And again, kindness just oozing everywhere. The interesting thing is, so that was on the east side of the street, okay? Okay. On the west side of Collins Avenue, all lined up. It was almost like when you run a marathon, right? And you have all of like the spectators on the side of the street. That's... Was the side where the media was. So every couple blocks up, there was another media outlet and they have their little tents. It almost, you would almost think if you weren't in the midst of this tragic environment that like you were in a city where they were like vendors on the side of the road and they were like selling things. Well, I was going to ask because I just
2: saw something on the news a little while ago about some of these chefs that were providing food services and it looked like they had had little tent set up where they were providing food and drinks and the like to the first responders and to the other people who were helping out. So did you see that also? I didn't see chefs at all, but I
1: did see right near, there was right about a block or two south of where then became this reunification center, which was in one of the hotels. A block or two south of that is where they, it was like a community center. So they were housing all the food and the drinks and so on and so forth. And there was a Amy, my doctor friend, she's got a, a, a quick witted personality also. And, and, you know, she does find the humor good, better and different. I guess when you're a nurse, you've seen it you all and you, you've got to present that way. But she said, Oh great. AT&T is here. If you need a phone or whatever, <laughs> but um, they were charging stations. And if anyone needed their phone charged and they wow. had food and all that, I didn't see any top chefs there. There was, ideas, no, I didn't mean no, it that no, way. I didn't see anything like that. That's but, not what I meant. Yeah. I meant that they were helping to provide food for that community yeah. center and like so so two things that were kind of interesting so number one so on, on the west side of collins avenue is where all the media outlets were set up and they were nice too they were talking to us and there was one young lady from cnn actually emily from cnn shout out because she interviewed us oh okay? wow she was cnn but on the spanish channel okay okay and you know Un habla un poco <laughs> español. Un, un poquito, un poquito. Yeah. Mm. So she so she interviewed us, and then she asked us, "Can we now do it in Spanish?" And I was like, mm, "Like ex-nay on the Spanish eh? A. <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs> and It was fun. And, and Dr. Schreiberman, she speaks a little bit of Spanish too, but not nearly enough to feel that she could convey her message in any type of eloquent way. It would have been way too unpolished for they CNN. But they okay. won't translate for you. Well, they will. No, they're going to do it. But she interviewed us first in English and then said, can we now do it in Spanish? And we were like, "Um, no. uh Uh-uh. What's the word for, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) really screw that up if we do it that way. But, what was interesting? She interviewed us because when we had asked her, "Do you know how we can help? What can we do?" When we're nurses that came down from um, the Palm Beach County area, oh my she God. said, "You know, wait, ready?" She, I mean, this is where I get in trouble all the time because, again, the road to hell is always uh, paved with good intentions, right? Oh so no, she said, Rachel. "You know, Amy," and again, she Amy has has no filter at all. She had said, you know, oh, I, I want to help and what can I do And no one seems to know and and she's ranting and raving. And so Emily from CNN said, you know, we're not really getting a lot of information either and it's so frustrating and we feel like we're not of help at all either. Can I interview you? So Amy, of course, I mean, she wasn't a liar. <laughs> she said, okay, now I'm sitting here saying, you know, it's one thing for me to like fib. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's call it what it is. As unpolished as I am, if you think I am going on CNN, I don't care if it's in Spain. I don't care if it's in Puerto Rico. I don't care if it's in Zimbabwe, okay, where no one I know is going to see it. I am not lying and saying that I'm a nurse. I mean, there's just not a shot in hell I'm doing that. So I'm like tugging at Amy and I'm like, you can say you're a nurse, but I'm not doing that. So she's like, let's just go with it, whatever. So. Right. Amy goes first. She gives her credentials. She says who she is, and she she we're here to help, and we, all we want to do is help. And we know it's a well-oiled machine. And with all due respect, and we, th- there there was no disingenuousness with mm. anything other than the fact that she wanted to help, and it seemed like there was nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> Emily now turns to me, and she asks me for my name, and I'm like, oh my god, I am <laughs> a deer in headlights. So I, I can say, imagine. <laughs> so I say just calmly, I said, my name is Rachel Silver Cohen. I am a friend of Dr. Stryman's and I am here to help also. I, I mean, are you Good. kidding me? I was not going to lie and say I was a nurse when clearly I am not. Well, and it was, I, and
2: it's interesting that you went there because before when you said, you know, the, the press, you know, ask, are you press? I'm thinking, Rachel, you definitely should have said you were pressed before you said you were a nurse. It just, it's a little bit safer of a fib (laughs) to tell than you're a nurse because now they're going to ask you like medical questions and you're going to look at yourself
1: and be like, uh, well, I knew the, I second, the second Emily from CNN was like, can I interview you? I mean, I mean, you'd have to be a moron to think that anyone in today's world is going to interview someone without fact-checking or getting credentials or whatever. And here I am like, I'm not a nurse, but I play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I that I can't do that here. We're, we're in like the midst of tragedy. And I also... Here's the other thing too. Big disclaimer just to protect myself. I'm not looking to waste anyone's time either. We, everyone's here for the right reasons. The goal for me wasn't to like be Johnny Knoxville or stuttering John from Howard Stern. And like, you know, I wasn't looking to... to um, Take away attention. From- not at all. Not at all. Right. Not at all. But now CNN is in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, can I wait on the sidelines? No habla espanol. Oh and, you know, so you. We, Amy did most of the talking and I just said, look, We live so close that there was no way we couldn't come down and at least just try to offer our help, even if it's doing the littlest thing, which leads me to the littlest thing that we did get to do, which in the grand scope is nothing. But we found ourselves on a water train where there were cases and cases and cases and cases and cases. And we don't have enough time for me to tell you how many more cases of water there were that they were loading up into a big truck. Okay. okay so and it but it was on the street so there was we made like a human relay line uh-huh. and we were all lugging water to each other and you know that took a good 25 minutes or so and and we we got it done but then i looked at amy and i said amy with all due respect and and i was so happy to help it was something i broke a sweat it was something right. to feel all right at least you know if you're thirsty we have that covered but I looked at her afterwards, again, and you know, she is just as snarky as you and I are. And I just said, look, I'm so happy we could help. But why is there so much water? I mean, we're not in Honduras here right i mean we're not and it's not a hurricane right, the not power hurricane. is working right. like w- what are they doing with all the water where is it going so i asked someone
2: i was going to ask and, you yeah, do you know where well
1: yeah well i had to ask, you couldn't not ask there was so much water it didn't make any sense i mean what are we now doing with all this water so i asked someone where are they taking the water to and they actually admitted that there were so many donations of water that they don't need all the water and they're Uh packing it up and they're going to store it. Now, you tell me, I mean, are they going to store it for in a month from now when we have a hurricane and we're going to use it for that? Or are they going to... I mean, I don't know what exactly they're doing with the now lifetime supply of water storage. But we have water in Miami, ladies and gentlemen. In the Surfside area, there's plenty of water. Well, and look, all kidding aside, that's an important
2: thing to have. There will be be other events that will happen. And it is nice to know that they have the reserve, whether it's for FEMA or for Red Cross or for some other agency, because moving all of those resources in the moment is a big effort. As you know, just putting it on the truck was a big effort. Yeah, So it's one less thing they're going to have to do because it's inevitable. There will be more stuff that is going to happen. Not Related to surfside, but any other natural disaster or any other incident. And I hope I'm wrong, but that is the likely reality. So it's always good to have the resources available.
1: Well, what are resources we are now checked, stocked up. And I will tell you, in just the few moments that we were doing just that physical manual helping out Mm -hmm. next to people that we have no idea who they are, but what we shared in common was just wanting to do good and give back and be unified in a way where it just made us feel good. It's such a win. And I think maybe if you could kind of wrap us up speaking to people in communities wherever you are, it's such a great feeling to try to do for others and lend your time and support because it does come back in spades. And I wish we could do more, truly. I wish we could do more. I think
2: you hit on it is that being able to do for others in that altruistic way is truly what is at the core of what makes humans humans, right? It allows us to connect. It allows us to give. It allows us to feel good about ourselves while helping other people. It allows us to feel as though the things that we do are impacting someone or something. And I would like to say that it doesn't matter how small it feels. The task doesn't have to be big. The fact that people are donating money, the fact that people are thinking and holding, in and I know that there are people that have a reaction to this. And I personally don't because I think there's something really good about having hope. And as you mentioned before, that that hope and that faith and that luck is really important. So I'm a big proponent of, Holding people in your prayers, holding people in your thoughts. And I know that people don't like that sometimes because, you know, we need more than that. But there is something, if you, especially if you are religious, that it is uplifting and it brings the power of people together. And I believe in that. That's just me. I believe in that. But just being able to make a phone call for somebody or to check in on anybody who might have been affected directly by it, sending a dinner, sending money, going and helping lift water, going and talking to somebody. Whatever the task is, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. People appreciate it. They don't know what they need in these moments. So anything and everything that you can possibly do is so important. And again, this is a collective experience that whether it's happening in Miami or it's happening in the middle of Nebraska or it's happening in Honduras this gives us the you know the the humanistic side of life and life's vulnerabilities and we just have to rise to the occasion and be so grateful that there are resources our first responders my goodness can we just I wish I could applaud them and celebrate them I wish we had something visual on a podcast because I would be celebrating them because they literally put their lives in the hands of the unknown every single day with the hopes and the determination to try to rescue one person, right? Or try to help our communities. And so uh, they get a bad rap sometimes and they deserve Only our respect and only our appreciation. So I know it's going to continue. I'm remaining very hopeful to all the families that are being affected by this directly and indirectly. Our hearts are with you. You know, we are here for you. We are not going to go away tomorrow just because the media isn't following it anymore or because they've transitioned into another uh, line. Right. Um, So we're here for you, whatever we can do for you. And I know that we will continue to do for you. You are not alone.
1: Well said. Well said. I agree with everything that you said. The first responders are truly the most remarkable people. And my hat goes off to them. Truly, it does. So with that being said, look, to the listeners out there, hug your kids a little bit tighter kiss your spouse a little bit longer, be appreciative. I read something uh, just this morning, actually, that said, lick the bowl, life is short, or life is short, lick the plate, or, or something along those lines. And we know all these things. And it should never, ever, ever take such a tragic event to have that reset jolt that I guess sometimes we need. So reset yourself anyway. And every day is a gift. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. From Dr. Boga, D.B., and myself. We are so grateful that you're listening. If you are inclined to donate, we can probably put on our social media platforms, Dr. Boca, some of the links to these foundations, but do what you can and it'll make you feel good. Truly it will. But from all of us here, all of us being Dr. Boca and myself, Rachel Silver-Cohen, we appreciate you. We care about you. We're sending our hopes and prayers and only positive energy to the victims of Surfside, the family members, and we're holding out. We're holding yeah, out hope.
2: We are, and that was so beautifully said. In case there are people who are not on social media, I do have one address sitting right here that if you want to donate money to, this is a tried and true place to donate. It's to it's, You want to make the checks with the notation Surfside building collapse. It can be uh, sent to the Greater Miami Jewish Federation, 4,200. Biscayne Boulevard, Miami, Florida 33137. And 100% of the funds collected will be going straight to the Surfside individuals and anything that needs attention and assistance for. So... Uh, amazing, amazing. that amazing. I have off
1: of here so you don't have to get it off of social media. Smart, very smart. That's why I keep you around, Dr. Well, you know, every once in a while, I yeah, have something to there offer. There you go. Well, better days ahead for all of us. Uh, we wish you guys a great week. You know how to find us on social media at Unpolished Therapy, Instagram, Facebook, at Untherapy on Twitter. You can email us, unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions of ways to help and volunteer for anything or anything that's happened to you in your neck of the woods that you want to share. We're always open. And Dr. Boca, of course, has always volunteered her yes. time and attention to anyone who potentially may need an ear or a shoulder or a couch, even though here on Unpolished Therapy, we have ditched the couch, we've grabbed the mics, we are breaking down the wreckage. In this case today, it was a literal wreckage, but I really did want to share it with Dr. Boca and, and all of you oh, out there. We, you. we are blessed to be alive. And on that note... Dr. Boga, thank you for listening and sharing your time with me today. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time on Unpolished Therapy.
0: Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.